0: Hi, I'm Will. And I'm David, and we're the Swift Drag. And we are in session at Jack Rabbit Sound Shack. <laughs>
1: Okay, welcome back. Uh, To our listeners, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus, um, mainly due to me going out of town for about a week or so to Denver. So we weren't able to get an act in here while I was out of town, and so we just kind of took a little bit of a break. So I hope you guys didn't miss us too much. Um, Vance, how have things been here at the studio since I've been gone? Things have been good.
2: Um, Nothing too exciting to report. I was kind of taking a break as well, and it was needed.
1: I had a lot going on with work, so... Yeah, but we are happy to, to uh, return here with the Swift Drag. How are you all doing today? Doing
2: pretty awesome. good.
0: Yeah, great. Cool, fantastic. Thanks. Thanks for
1: being here. We
2: really appreciate it. We appreciate you guys having us. Yeah, totally. Thanks for having us. Well, to start off, I first want to talk about a little bit about how you two met and how you got started playing together.
0: Um, started off. Uh, I had just finished wrapping up a sort of a seven-year stint with a previous band called the Will Evans Project, and I uh, was working on some solo stuff. Um, started rec- recording some demos and was looking for a drummer. Wasn't sure if uh, anybody would be in, be into joining a duo, you know, sort of a cliche sort of thing. But uh, I had this idea that I wanted to sort of bring to life. And uh, so I recorded some demos, put it out there and actually put a uh, an ad on Craigslist of all places. And yeah. I had
3: just relocated to the Austin, Texas area and uh, happened to look at that particular Craigslist ad. And the rest is history. A, where, did, where did you relocate from yeah i am originally from muskogee oklahoma ogie from, Musco- ogie from muskogee <laughs> born and bred okay and what uh, what brought you down here um my in-laws actually moved down my father-in-law coaches football at austin high and uh they moved down the week before my wife and i met um coming down and You know visiting austin austin's just too cool so everybody's from somewhere that's in austin so uh you know we decided to pick up and come down as well right and uh so how long have you been here we came down uh the end
1: of
0: july 2013 Okay, and Will, are you from here? You I'm actually from Austin. I'm one of the rare Austin. Well, so am you know I. Very yeah. cool. Hey, like hey, hey, long hey. distance fist bump. That's right. Okay,
1: well, right on. So, how uh, getting things started? The Craigslist ad. How did you guys meet up? What was the the conversation? Oh, uh, like? it
0: was. I think I literally got one email from. I maybe maybe I received two or three emails from random people, and they all none of them panned out. And then finally, I got an email from uh, David, and was basically we just. Uh, Met up for lunch one day and had used, some Chinese food yeah, and started you talking. Some, and yeah, Chinese food. Yeah, Chinese, Chinese, Chinese food yeah. and talked and we hit it off. And I just kind of was like, hey, you want to come back to my place? <laughs> <laughs> I said, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm a cheap date. Uh, <laughs> so pretty much that's how it went. We jammed a little bit and we we're like, yeah, let's keep doing with this. So you, you know? jammed the very first, yeah, the day, first that day that, that we met. hung out. Oh, right? Yeah. Well, for yeah, me, was it was important.
3: Nice. It was kind of a weird situation. When I was in Oklahoma, I was doing, um, I was playing for a lot of singer songwriters and kind of more of a hired gun. And, um, that kind of burnt me out. And so I wanted something new. I wanted to be in a band with rather than just, you know, paycheck being with some guys or a guy that, uh, you know, I had things in common with. And, you know, we, we meshed well. So um, that was kind of very important to me before we even sat down and played music, just to see if it's a dude I even cared to hang out with. And so that's kind of how we decided, hey, let's just sit down and have some lunch and, you know, see right. what kind of dude he is. You can right, see what kind yeah, of dude I am. It's and, like a blind date. You know, yeah. That, yeah. It's yeah, weird. I mean, it's Craigslist. You don't know what you're going to get. I mean, he could have been a no telling dude wearing a dress right, and right, you know, yeah. you don't know until you meet him. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, yeah, he might've
1: taken you back and killed
0: you. Yeah. Um, yeah.
3: Hey, uh,
1: what was it about David that panned out as opposed to the other guys that, uh, had um,
0: responded? well, one was, uh, the immediate sort of interest right off the bat. And, um, okay you know, um, I wasn't an ax murderer. <laughs> right. That was,
3: that was the, that yeah. was the first well, plus. Well, you could have been hiding like,
0: it. Well, yeah, seemed yes. like a cool dude. Um, yes. and you know, we, uh, The first time that I played with him, you know, I knew right away that he was a, like, perfect fit for, like, you know, what I was doing, and um, it's really hard in Austin, as most musicians know, to find uh, a drummer who, most drummers in Austin are super busy and playing with millions of people, and so to find somebody that was, like, into doing this and focusing on this was really important for me.
1: Right, and... Dave, I know you had mentioned um, earlier today being here that you never really pictured yourself playing with a duo. What was it about Will's stuff when you met him that kind of got you to, I don't know,
3: be open to the possibility? He is a master of his craft. Um, he, he There's a lot going on for two guys. Um, everywhere we've been, people say, wow, you do not sound like two people, uh, which is you know. a great thing for a duo, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, to me, it can sound very garage band very easily. Um so you know when I saw what he brought to the table, kind of the same thing. He said I just knew instantly, and just you know hanging out at the Chinese food restaurant. Right, it was I mean it, it was yeah. <laughs> it was one of those things to where we just instantly had things in common. Um, you know we were talking about it earlier, but I build custom drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will actually has a thing he makes some called Gypsy Kicks out of suitcases. Um, yeah, so it's old like vintage suitcases. Yeah. So I mean. You know, he starts telling me that, and I'm like, dude, I build custom drums, and we just, you know, have things in common. Just, again, neither one of us were axe murderers, so, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, again, that was a plus. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, just having things in common, and, you know, a cool dude, and, and just, we hit it off. Well, it sounds like it was a
2: perfect match, and yeah. the thing that I really dig is, the, you know, you do make the custom drums— for the people that are listening explain what what you have made and that you're playing on it. and then i want to talk a little bit about your rig because your rig is super unique as well i'd also like to talk to you about was
1: it a gypsy kick or gyp- gypsy kick uh, yeah okay um, yeah find out what that is but right, right. dave first you with the drums
3: um, my current kit that i'm playing is i've got a 30 inch 1962 ludwig uh bass drum it's big it's, it's big. like the
1: size of a tractor it's tire
3: it is it is a monster i can't take it anywhere without having people ask me what's going on with it but um you know picked it up uh and kind of built a kit around it um so very large brings a lot to the table um it's definitely got a presence a very unique sound um but um you know hand finished it just it's kind of my passion i mean that's my thing i I fell in love with it and it's definitely unique and it's got a sound of all all of its own
2: good choice in colors it's blue sparkle i mean right with red trim on Mm -hmm. the rim which looks very rock and roll it definitely stands out and it has
1: like old tuning
2: keys right
3: well i mean it's original 1962 I mean, so tell them about the snare drum the snare actually made out of a tom uh it's a 13 by 11 um but totally custom it's gold sparkle um just it's also got a unique sound you know being a 13 inch it's a little higher pitched but it's also very deep being 11 inches deep um you guys thought it was a, a marching snare when you saw it you know i get that a lot too but uh no it is just a custom made snare and again it's Kind of got a sound of its own. But it's got like
1: the wooden rings right Oh, yeah. The top wooden the hoops,
3: two blugs. Yeah. Um, that's kind of my thing. I love, you know, it's a, a thicker ply shell, but most of the stuff I do is four ply, maple, uh, two blugs. But I'm, I'm all about the wood hoops. You know, you got a good cross stick that comes out of it. And it's definitely got kind of a, a, a warmer tone, if you will.
1: Yeah, that seemed, seemed to me, I've never really encountered those, but it seemed to me when we were playing it back and listening to it, it had a little bit less ring than a traditional snare. I right. don't know if that's because it's wood instead of the steel, so the wood kind of absorbs a lot of that stuff and resonates a lot
3: better. Yeah, you gonna run into that. Definitely, you <clears throat> get different tones out of even different styles of wood. You know, right. popular maple birch, you know, they, they make the bingo, all kinds of stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, maple is kind of the industry, industry standard whenever you get into, you know, higher end stuff. But, um, you know, definitely you're going to get a, a richer tone out of a wood snare than a uh, you know, metal snare and you right. got the 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 black dot uh vintage black dot head on the bass drum oh string. yeah
0: i do i, I recall uh, there was one particular rehearsal that uh where david was like you know because he, he likes to search for drums on craigslist and then refinish them and then resell them and uh I think you came in and was like, Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about selling this kick drum. I was like, dude, you can't sell that kick drum. We'd already <laughs> no. played we'd already played out with it like once or twice. I was like, dude, it's it's a thing. You can't get rid of it. It's like the thing. And actually right. the very first gig that he played with it, it was actually a Tom and not mm-hmm. a kick drum. Oh.
3: Sure. I was in the process of finishing yeah, he at he was, the time. He was yeah. Still working yeah. On it and he had this
0: giant it looked like a sacred circus trampoline on the side of him, you know, playing this thing as a Tom. It was great. It was, it was actually kind of
3: cool too. It was before I had finished it. So I had stripped it and I think it was just bare wood at the time. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, I ended up having to use guitar stands to sit it on to, to get it <laughs> level to where I could play it. But it was an awesome show. That's probably yeah, was, my, I bet was that was my favorite gig at one-to-one one that we've done. Was I mean, cool. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So, but this new bass drum, uh, Will, you were saying that for the EP, you guys just recorded that right. y'all had suggested to you to use a different kick drum. Um, but even though it sounded good, you just said it just didn't fit with what you guys had yeah, going it's, on. No,
0: it had its place, man. And the, like I said, mm-hmm. the kit sounded great. Um, we just we, – we have – grown accustomed to this sound you know or right kind of longing for it but you know it it's great to explore and expand you know and try different things and we did that and so now mm-hmm. we know we're here with you guys and i suggested to advance i was like man we really want to use this kit you know because it's got a sound and he's like totally let's do it so that it well, worked out good it does have
1: this kind of big boom and this big presence that really i mean being a duo you know, just two people, it really helps fill in a lot yeah, of that pull, empty space. Yeah, it pulls space. some extra space, for uh, sure. Yeah. John Bonham would be proud. Yes. <laughs> so the gypsy kick you were talking about, what is what is that?
0: Uh, you know, it, uh, I started collecting uh, vintage suitcases a okay. while back, and um, I, th- I think I ran across something online that was, you know, I was like, I don't want to go buy a kick drum, because I needed something in my house just to play around and record stuff with. and. Uh, I was Shaky like,
2: Graves does that, right? right?
0: Right, and I'd seen people like before, like, you know, put a, bass pedal on a on a suitcase and play it and i was like yeah cool you know and i was like and so i started seeing these really awesome suitcases at vintage shops because i like to go run around and look for stuff and i was like man i could totally put a you know kick drum pedal on there and it's like small enough to fit in the house and i don't have to like you know destroy the neighbors next door and you know it's like and but it has some cool recording qualities but Mm -hmm. anyway i started making um, them and i've sold them to I would say a good 12, 15 drummers in Austin, just, you know, that they'd use them in acoustic gigs and stuff like that. Um, Dale they, Watson's drummer uses okay. one on there a lot, acoustic gigs and nice. stuff. Nice. Like yeah. They
3: definitely have their place. I mean, uh, yeah. we, I think we did a radio show one time. I cool played for one there. radio stuff. Oh, like yeah, yeah. Intimate, you know, just like yeah. straight, strictly acoustic, like. That's all you're doing. you know. It's like cool. he said, you can mic it up and kind of get a, a unique tone out of it. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, since we've met, I've taken – I've got one, and I've put in jingles on it and even a kickboard yeah, in it. Cu- I mean, yeah, customize them do uh, Yeah, okay. I can't leave anything alone when it comes to drums. So, right. uh, yeah, we've customized it so do you, always.
2: I mean, are you cutting out a hole and putting the head in there? No, no. It's strictly, it the strictly the
0: suitcase. I really – all I do is attach um, – Sort of a a metal plate to the mount. bottom of it, a mount. Yeah, for the kick drum pedal. I mean, it's a pretty simple. Mount. Anybody could do it. It's we really need just, to talk. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Vance and all of his toys are here. It's fun, we man. Need I, would, more stuff. I would love to make you one. It, it yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, you may end up with a custom one. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll talk after the show. But right. no, I got some I got some stuff in mind. But no, Sweet. it's
1: it's cool. Yeah. Awesome. So the first song you guys
0: played for us, Simon Says. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, tell us a little bit about that song. What what was it written about? Um, it was written about five years ago. Um, and it was in relation to the uh, sort of it's. – I'd like to say it's sort of political in a okay. way. It was uh, written uh, around the Egypt, uh, Egypt sort of conflict. I don't know if you guys remember that. I can't remember the exact year that there was a giant sort of – uh, uprising of all the people in Egypt sort of trying to take back their, you know, government or whatever is okay. I don't know if you guys recall that sort of thing. It was kind of a big deal. And it was really a big deal in social media because that was what their tool that they were using to spread the word that all this was happening, you know, anyway, it's loosely based around that. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Sort of conflict with government and uh, people.
1: Okay. Um, well in that case, uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next song. Do you guys want to introduce
0: us to the next one? Rattling my door. Uh, The next song is uh, Rattling My Door. Hope you guys enjoy
2: Welcome back. We're here in session of Jackrabbit Sound Shack with local duo rockers, um, the Swift Drag. And we were talking about David's drum setup, which is part of their very unique sound. And now I do want to talk more about uh, Will's sound. He's got a very unique kind of setup pedals and he's running guitar and bass. And I mean, it's two people. And so you got two guys. You're trying to fill all this sound out. It's a big sound for two people, which I was a little bit a bit am- apprehensive, honestly. I told David, I was like, you know, I don't know. I, I really like Will. I <laughs> met him at the bar, you know, and, and he's in this band, and I think it would be cool because I think a duo would be different, you know, from what we've had. Right. But I'm a little apprehensive because – I'm not really a White Stripes fan. I think the Black Keys do it well, but you guys don't sound anything like either of those bands, in my opinion. Well, I Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, i mean, I, sure those guys people, are great. You know, but. that's the first people that I'm sure people will compare you to, is Absolutely. because that's the other
0: guitar right. uh, drums yeah, duos guitar out there. Guitar drums duo, yeah, that's your first go to. I mean, and you know, I can't definitely, I can say that there's a definite inspiration from that, but uh, um, I've been working on sort of. This, trying to build this robust sound from using only a guitar for for I would say close to 10 years now and actually initially it was acoustic guitar I was running acoustic oh. guitar through a bass amp with like two guitar players and just a drummer It was. Yeah. I like to refer to Will as a pedal wizard um, there's a <laughs> lot
3: going on uh, even you I'm know uh, Austin there's musicians everywhere you can throw a rock and hit somebody right. and uh, you know it's amazing how many people come up to us because I have guys come to me about the drums but Everyone comes up to Will and is like, "Oh, what pedal's that? What pedal's that? You know, I heard this. What's going on? You know." uh, So there's a lot of tech discussion that goes on at our shows as well. Well, I want to talk more
2: about your influences and and what inspired you to come up with this unique sound. But first, I want to talk
0: about the gear. Sure. Um, I don't want to give away all my secrets. No, don't tell it all. Um, It's a pretty basic setup. It's a split signal uh, to a guitar amp, which is mostly. effects and uh, vocals and vocals yeah i do and yeah, guitar yeah vocal effects that run through uh, basically simple delay and reverb which i have control over and then for the guitar it's just some you know some random effects and then there's some organ stuff happening in there too which is cool but the the idea is to sonically separate uh, the sound as if it were a full band so you've got the bass on one side Um, and then your guitar and effects kind of coming separately. So it's sort of, it's sort of an orchestration, if you will, of sound. It's very cool. It's unique. Yeah. It works out really well. I know, uh, one of these
1: songs coming up, is going to, you guys are going to hear an organ sound that is actually Will's guitar being played the same time as everything else, but it really helps to fill everything out.
0: Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of, um, I think I was mentioning to you earlier while we were recording is the, uh, chord structure plays a lot into the sound that's coming out you know it's sort Mm -hmm. of like i said like orchestrating what's the sounds that you're hearing and try to like paint this picture of something broader you know a lot of people think that we play to tracks but it's all live Mm -hmm. pretty much everything is live tracks have you thought about getting a second guitarist ever or do you just like this man if there's there's only one person that i would bring in as a third member and uh it it's is poss- a possibility, but so right I'm not now, saying now, you need it. By no, 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 it no. It's just, I oh, um, mean, it would be over the serious. top. Yeah, would, yeah, I mean, right. like in a good way though. Like, cause it yeah. Would- yeah, if that ever happens, it'll be awesome. Our two egos, we can't handle a third. <laughs> Especially if it's right. a tourist, we need a third. No, not enough third room tourist. on that stage. I was
2: hearing some percussion in there. I'm ready to join the band. Hey, man. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah mean, it, it, know, we're
0: not cl- we're not closed minded so we're not closing it off to like, no, this is only that. But I think that the duo part is part of the shtick and part right. of the thing. It, it, you know, it, yeah. play, it's, it plays a factor for sure.
2: Yeah. And it's not just a shtick. You guys are an awesome band, and... You know, like I said, I was apprehensive about having the two, the guitar and drums. And now I'm finding myself, as I'm recording you, being a fan and jamming out wow, hard awesome. while we were tracking. Thank you. And excited and ready to start mixing this thing because it's an incredible sound. And I was worried about the whole effects on the vocals thing because i've had i've worked with those kinds of oh, things oh yeah no in i've studio. heard i've heard them go really oh. bad <laughs> it could be a nightmare <laughs> yeah i've heard it well because you don't have any control after right. it's exactly. recorded it's right. a done deal totally. and as an audio engineer you want to have complete control over right that, i right.
0: know I'm, i've dealt with that i mean i've been working in a music venue for the last 15 years so i've heard some really really bad vocal effects and i and i know i understand your apprehension by all means it's totally a thing we well, nailed it
3: <laughs> yeah. and see a lot of that goes back to me too like i said i thought i would never be in a duo because it can be garage bandy, but again, that right. initial meeting with Will, I saw what he brought to the table because he has spent a long time developing the sound, um, mm-hmm. and he's got a great ear for that kind of stuff. He he knows what he wants to hear, and uh, we just kind of tweak it until we find that. And how long have you guys been playing together? Since I moved down here, so uh, four years now. Getting huh? pretty close, Maybe yeah. A little oh, really, yeah. yeah. Wow.
0: And just now, I know we'll get to it, but we're just now getting close to releasing an EP, so that's exciting. Yeah, yeah I we will you,
1: shave that to the last second. Yeah.
2: I thought that you guys were newer than that. It seems new, I
0: guess, because we don't play well, a Well, I don't know we're- why that
2: you're not, like, have a huge <laughs> fan base, because, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm really surprised. I thought you were a very new group, and that's why... I'm not seeing you yeah, no. blowing up because I think something's going to happen. Keep doing
3: what you're doing because right. Thank I like man. the sound. Well, yeah. see, the thing is, like, we show up and we just have fun wherever we go. And, you know, I love being in the studio, uh, but there's definitely a feel that I think that we both have when we're on stage with a live crowd. Yeah, and, uh, it, there's, you know, there's always that live energy that's yeah. just hard to capture. Definitely, sometimes. definitely. Right. And we have yeah. a lot of people point that out. When we are out there because I mean they'll come up and be like, man, you guys just look like you're having a blast, cool. and uh, and we are. I mean I, I love to play music. Music is my therapy. You know I show yeah. up and that's what keeps me sane. Um, I'll play music till the day that I die. I just know it's in my blood, um, and that's just you yeah.
1: know. And that's that's something we've spoken about on the show before too. Is the energy that that artists bring to the stage and with their audience as well. Like the audience can always tell if you go to a show, even if it sounds okay sonically and the music sounds all right, if the band looks. Board playing their own music like why should the audience get involved you know what I right, mean right. but there are a lot of venues that you go to especially like around town since there are so many venues a lot of them just really don't sound very good oh, you yes, know what I mean yeah. but if the audience sees the um artists actually getting into what they're doing and actually liking what they're doing that will really pull the the audience into what's going on and so I, I think that's right. critical to, mm-hmm. to that kind of performance so we were <laughs>
2: discussing the you know we talked about your drums. We talked about your, some of your, your gear setup. Um, I would like to talk a little bit about, about, your influences mm-hmm. and what has, how you came about your sound and building this idea in your head of orchestrating all this stuff, this big sound with two
0: guys. Um, I'm trying to think where it starts. Uh, I, I think I mentioned earlier, um, uh, the band that I was in originally, um, was a three piece without a bass player, and so and it was more out of we just couldn't find a right bass player. I was like, "What are we gonna do?" You know. So I um I knew about and this is probably the time people like white stripes and black keys were sort of coming about. I was like, "Well, we can be a trio. We don't necessarily need if a bass player. They can do it. Yeah, if they <laughs> can. They can do it. We can do it." And you know, there's of course there's people that are like even before that like local H and stuff like that. But local H is probably one of the early yeah. rock duos. That uh-huh. are, you know, um. But inspiration-wise, musically, those guys weren't really on my radar, you know. Then, so, um, but so I started, you know, thinking I was like, hey, "What can we do?" And I was like, "Well, why can't I just run my guitar signal through a bass amp and make it do best I can, make it sound like a bass, you know, mm-hmm. and cover this this sonic area?" And uh, we started doing that a lot, and it worked out great as a trio. We did like a, um, a full like soundstage live recording that way, and it worked out really great. And so, what was I just, the third member? Um, a guitar player. So it was you, another guitar player, and a, and a drummer, and a drummer,
2: right? And uh, then you were doing the bass thing,
0: right? Well, right. Bass, and but... you know, so it was just figuring out how to cover that sonic area quarterly and song structure wise, and um, adding and taking away things to create dynamics. You know, to build this um, sort of ebb and flow of of music. Gotcha. And
1: so, Dave, when you joined up with Will. Mm-hmm. Where where was he as far as um, in the progression of of the sound as far as, you know, with
3: everything he's got going on? How far along had it gotten? Oh, I mean, he was definitely... I mean, he he knew what he was going for. I think in the early stages, our sound was a little bit darker than what it is now. <laughs> sure. Um, I think just, you know, music is definitely inspired by what, you know, the songwriter, what you're going through, you know, mm-hmm. love, hate, heartbreak. And I'm dark in general. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Black-hearted. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, I mean... The early stuff, I would say, was a little more on the darker side now, you know, a little more upbeat and things of that nature. But I mean, we're constantly evolving as most bands are, you know, it's just uh, whatever your feelings, what you're writing at the time and, um, you know, things have changed they've remained the same I mean it's it yeah I think I'm, I mean I've added some things
0: here and there but it, for the most part it was pretty developed whenever David you know hopped on you know pretty uh, had a pretty good idea of what I wanted to accomplish and you know yeah. at, and he added the perfect you know just brought it all together so gotcha. and, and after four I apologize um, after four years of, of playing together
1: and kind of working so well together pretty pretty immediately Mm -hmm. uh how much collaboration
3: goes on with songwriting now and and with things like that will's definitely the brains behind the operation uh he'll he'll come to me with something and like hey i'm throwing this around you know what do you think and so we'll just kind of hash it out but um he it's pretty quick process it really is a fast process yeah like i got some ideas and like Throw it out there in rehearsal, and we start playing. We're like, "Cool!" you know. <laughs> and you know, sort of and technology is awesome. I mean, we'll, yeah. we'll lay our phone down and record. I'll take it home, practice with it. He'll mess around with it too. You know, say, "Hey, you know, here I'm going to restructure this." Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. you know, both of us, I think, have pretty versatile backgrounds. I've played. Numerous styles. Started out playing country, did rock, did some gospel. Um, you know, got into Latin for a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Did some big band. Actually met my wife doing like a Vegas style show with full production. You know, singers and dancers, full costume. So I mean, we both have played a lot. And so he'll bring something to me, and just kind of you you pull your experience together and and put something out there. I mean, he'll experiment with the time signature, and somebody that's not really paying attention won't even know but it might right. be in some crazy time signature and I got to hash it out. You know, it just doesn't feel right. I'm very much, I can read music, but I'm a feel player. You know, if it feels right, it feels good. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that that conveys in what you're doing. And um, so, you know, th- there's a lot of little odd things happening between the two of us that, you know, the average person may not pick up on, but for the music nuts out there, they're going to be like, hey, is that, you know, what right. time signature is that? And, they, you know, they'll come up and talk to us after the show, stuff like that. But
0: it's uh, great to me that the process is is. Pretty simple for us, you know. Right, of course, it helps that there's only two of us, but mm-hmm. right, but in general, like, there's it doesn't take long for us to build a song and be like, cool, let's like that, you know, let's play it tomorrow. Well, <laughs> so, what what is the process with that? Like, are you guys do you
1: focus more on arrangement? Do you kind of come in with just a guitar lick or maybe a
0: um, some of the songs beat? I definitely have started with just us. You know, with a guitar, I'll be like, hey, check out this thing. We play it, and then, you know, months down the road, i bring it back, and we add to it or something like that. You know, it mm-hmm. kind of slowly progresses. Um, but there are some that I, I, I do bring, and I'm like, hey, man, I've finished this thing. Let's, let's check it out, you
1: know. Do you start with the instrumentals typically or lyrics?
0: Uh, me or personally, when I'm writing, um, you know, I do, uh, I usually start with the music first. Um, I do this thing. I'm sure other people do this too as writers, but um, I call them ghost vocals. Okay, which are sort of like oh, non like placeholders. Audio, yeah, placeholders okay. for melody. You know, right, um, right. But a lot of times they, to me, they sound <laughs> like words, and then sometimes you can fill in gaps with like, oh yeah, you know, because you're a lot of it's syllables. So you're like, okay, this this many syllables. I need to find a word that fits in there, right. And, um, you know, and sometimes I work completely off of that. Sometimes I have a story previously to tell. You know? Gotcha. And we've had uh,
1: uh, the metal band that we had in here. Uh, the vocalist said he did something similar with a lot of the mm-hmm. lyrics. You know, yeah, play, I've heard a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. What's
3: I think it, I think it's kind of a rhythmic thing too. You know, like For you, sure. you know the direction you're wanting to go. You know the feel of what you're trying to lay down there. So whenever he can come to me and say, "Hey, you know, here's what I'm working with," as a drummer, being a, a rhythmic person, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's kind of how we form the song Build and see, it, yeah. yeah, see yeah. the the vibe and the feel of where it's going. Um, and generally he's got a message in mind or, you know, again, music's all inspiration. What's going on at the time. So right. he's inspired by something and that's what spurred, you know, gotcha. Awesome. Well, with that, I'm going to go ahead and introduce us to the next song.
1: This next song is called shade of blue by the swift drag here on in session at Jack rabbit sound shack.
0: I'm ready when you guys are. my tea.
2: Welcome back. We are in session at Jackrabbit Sound Check with the Swift Drag. Uh, I just noticed you guys have been playing a lot at Blackheart, which is a, a club or bar down on Rainy Street, right. mm-hmm. which is a very popular mm-hmm. sort of hip district. Right. Um, is there a reason you've been playing there? Is that a place that you
0: like? Uh, it's it's definitely one of our favorite uh, places to play in Austin. The vibe's really cool. It's like an old house. It reminds us of playing a house party. You know, as People kind of pack in, and it's cool that... Um, uh, they're probably one of the fewer venues in Austin that actually pay their musicians, so that's really oh, great. do they? Yeah. <laughs> that's nice <laughs> to yeah. know. And it's and it's cool. On the other side, the flip side is that people come in and you know you pull people off the street that hear the music and stuff like that. It's really easy to grab new fans. So you know, it's too. free to get in and they pay you <laughs> off yeah, the bar sales totally. or what? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For the most part, I think it's bar sales, something like that. But yeah. there's no cover ever. There's no cover right ever. Well, that's nice. Yeah. To yeah, be able to go in and
3: see a band. Anybody right. can go in. Sure. And it's it's mm-hmm. a really fun room too. I mean, it, it's an intimate stage. You come in, um, I, just for what we bring. It's, it works it's for two-piece too,
0: size-wise. Yeah. It's a good size room for us. Like you know, as musicians, I'm sure you know, Vans playing a really large room where people are not there and engaged is really, you know, oh, sort yeah. of disheartening as a musician, <laughs> you know, like, ah. You know, it's,
2: yeah, it's better to play uh, a small packed club than a big empty room. Totally, right, anytime. Um, so do you have gigs coming up there? Are you, you kind of, I know you've been doing a run there. Uh, do you have anything coming up?
0: Uh, not in, we have, we're taking the month off because we do have our uh, much exciting EP release coming up uh, in Which July. it's The release is July 24th. J- July 14th. July 14th. Yep. Yeah, Friday, July 14th, and it's at the Mohawk, which is a re- inside. And it's a digital release. Yep, digital release. Uh, all the digital platforms will be available also on our website too. Which is? TheSwiftDrag.com. Can't go wrong with that. Super easy. Easy gotcha. to remember. Yeah. And you guys don't really have a whole lot of music
1: online just yet, right? Right, you know, right. I think we're, I came across we're getting two there, older
0: songs. We're, Yeah, right. we're getting there.
1: So how soon do you think
0: uh, after the EP release the EP will be up? On oh, it'll be up the day of. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it'll be there. We can purchase it from the website, or um, it'll be on iTunes, it'll be on Spotify, it'll be all major digital platforms, Bandcamp, Okay. all related to the Swift Drag. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, when y'all were recording,
1: when we were re- recording the session earlier, y'all said that there was one song that y'all have only played live twice. Right. So Which mm-hmm. one was that? Uh, it's called Alive. Alive. So it's going to be the last song. So we will actually talk about that during the last segment. Um, you mentioned earlier while we were talking that y'all don't play a whole lot. Maybe that's why you don't have as big of a
0: following as sure. Vance I think you should. How often do y'all play? Um, I would say average once a month, but maybe sometimes a little bit less than that. Why so few times? Um, maybe lifestyle but also for me personally because i do most of the booking it's difficult man people okay. are, it's, it's really difficult to book gigs sometimes I there's a lot of the, musicians in austin i don't know yeah. if you're aware of this or yeah. not.
3: so uh yeah, that, I'm, yeah. i I'll,
0: admittedly i'm not the squeaky wheel and People that uh, book a lot of gigs and play a lot of gigs are that way, and okay. are good at like you know tapping on the shoulder all the time. Hey, hey, it's me again. Hey, it's me again. Well, you plus know? you right. just don't want to yeah. play too many times in the same right. town, right? And so right. I've, I've done, I've gone through that process where you're just playing, playing, playing all the time. They're like, in well, the why are we going to come and see them? Yeah, they play yeah. next week, right? Right. <laughs> and, and having gone through that process, it's a uh, you know that's that's
3: not ideal for us, you know? right? And you know. Again, Will being from here, I mean, he's been around and, you know, him, him being in the live music industry, the, the right. bar industry. I mean, he's he's seen a lot. And I will say I'll give him props because, you know, he does do a lot of the booking or all the booking. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. But but the places that we play are awesome. You know, like we, we do a lot of the iconic Austin places, you right. know. Uh, You've played one-to-one because you, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you work there. I actually also work at one-to-one,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how I great met club. you, in Yeah, fact, that's how we met,
2: yep. For mm-hmm. the Timbero Still Norte right. show. And that we've had them on the show and they're yeah, great. Every Sunday, and I was by myself, and Will was nice enough to chat with me, and he was like, hey, I'm in a band. And I'm like, well, I've run a podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
3: and the rest is kind of history. You, you want to go have some Chinese food? <laughs> <laughs> but no, we play a lot of plays. I mean, here recently, what well, we've done, like Cheer Up Charlie's, Carousel Lounge. Mm, yeah, for um, we, I mean, you know. Have, we, you, we, have you played a Mohawk? Uh,
0: no, that's just this one coming up, yeah, for y'all first
3: time, actually. Uh-huh. I've been
0: wanting to play there, actually, since I've been down here, so yeah. it's, 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 it's it's kind a of a you know. killer venue, so we're excited to finally check that one off the list because uh, it's a great place. You great do spot. have that booked? Yeah, okay. it's July 14th, too. Okay, right. so if you're listening that's out the there,
2: you want to be there. The EP release? July 14th. And the name of the EP? We Won't Need That. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's great. And
1: how many songs is on the EP? Uh, five, total of five Five songs, songs on the EP, right. okay, mm-hmm. cool. Um, do you consider yourself more introverted? Yes, definitely. Okay, right. I was going to ask because just you two sitting here, the dynamic, Dave seems to be a little more outgoing and I don't know, vibrant for lack of a better <laughs> word. Um, you seem to be a little, a little more, right. um, you know, in, inward. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also just thinking about because I do think that you guys are really good and the booking. because We've had you know other artists on here who play. Multiple times a week, right. and that's just because they're just that type of person. Sure, right. You know, they'll go mm-hmm. out and they'll they'll play anywhere at any time just right. to continue going. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just kind of curious about that.
3: Yeah, no, makes sense. And yeah, I mean, I've played music since I was in seventh grade, mm-hmm. and. It's easy. I mean, not necessarily get burnt out, but you can just run yourself ragged doing that. Right, for sure. Um, And, you know, not only can it hurt your fan base, but at the same time, just, you know, I'm a drummer. I haul around a lot of stuff. And I know you know how that goes, too. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, out there playing three nights a week, I've been there, but... It right. just, it's Plus not in Austin, you got to make a living. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah.
1: But that's why I think it takes like a certain personality to be able to play two, three times oh, a week. Right. Oh, you know yeah, you're mean, exactly to, right. Yeah, you're exactly right. Sure. I mean, I'm, I consider myself a little more introverted as well. Like, mm-hmm. I like going out, hanging out with friends, and all that, but that does drain me. Whereas, right. more extroverted folks, that kind of gives them a little bit more energy.
0: Totally. It sucks right. it out of me, just mm-hmm. totally. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, it's something that I've always worked on as a being. as. Uh, i say the front person on stage singing and talking, yeah. you know, I, it's something that I constantly work on. I try to get better at being the, the you know, the more vocal and telling stories and all that stuff. It's, I've, I've got a long way to go. That, so that's Do for you sure. get nervous before you jump up on stage? I mean, I guess everyone gets nervous uh, yeah, to a degree for slightly, sure. But. I think depending on the show, like, you know, the, the crowd and the vibe, everything kind of plays a factor for sure. Which know? is kind of ironic because you're a
2: bartender. And right. The bartender yeah. usually is the guy that has to talk to everybody because, right. You yeah. know, who's the lonely guy sitting at the bar <laughs> or drowning his or... sorrows? You know, you right. got to be able to tell some jokes and yeah. say, "Hey, what's and going on?" You that's, know.
0: Yeah, I guess you know. I think the difference is that um, for me personally, as a musician, typically the songs that I'm playing all all have some sort of personal emotional connection to. So all of a sudden, right. you have, there's this like sort of, you know, you lose the shield all of a sudden, so you know, it's just a natural sort of thing well, to be introverted when you're like I'm about to like tell you all these things that it came out of my brain. You know, sure. It's strange. And that was
1: that was kind of my next question is what uh, led you into wanting to perform being being relatively introverted?
0: Um and maybe the rush from okay. being on stage, and you know, I mean, I, as growing up, I was always I say kind of on stage. I played sports pretty much my entire life, and oh, so I what'd you play? I, uh, I was in baseball for a long time, oh. all the way through my second year of college. Okay, right on. So from three and a half years old all the way through college. So you know, I, I enjoyed that rush of being on stage and performing and doing well and all that stuff. And plus, you know, music, and for me, music actually came way later. It wasn't until I quit baseball that I really got into what position music. did you play. Uh, you, you wouldn't know by looking at me, but I was a catcher. Catcher, interesting. Right. Yeah, mm, probably one of the smallest catchers out there. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of well, a lot
2: of times the catcher's the bigger guy. Yeah, bigger. Yeah, uh, bigger. pitchers yeah. the the tall thin guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was just curious. Yeah. I was thinking maybe a pitcher. <laughs> I would have. I
0: actually really liked pitching, but.
1: So how long since you said it wasn't until after,
0: you know. You'd been doing all that, that you got into music. How long have you been playing, writing, and all that? Um, I started playing guitar when I was 13, somewhere around that time. I think I picked it up and got really frustrated with it and, <laughs> okay. and put it back down for a while and then you know, kind of picked it up here and there throughout the years. But I didn't really um, get serious about playing the guitar until my sophomore year of college, which is when I quit baseball, and I had all this amazing extra time on my hands. It wasn't 24-7. That's all I was doing. Right. And, um, so I got more interested in that, and then I met some friends that I worked with. Actually, I think what happened was I quit baseball, and uh, I was playing at uh, St. Edward's University okay. uh, in Austin uh-huh. and uh, quit baseball. and uh, I was like, oh, I, I got this time. I can go get a job and go to school. So I went and got a job and had some friends and met some friends in a band you know, and the rest has sort of progressed that way and um, okay. started playing bass in a band and realized that, I was like, man, I was like, you know, I feel like I can write songs too, I, I can, mm-hmm. you know, so I started delving into that okay. at that point, so early college years. Nice. Yeah. And uh,
1: Dave, what about you? How long have you been playing? You kind of alluded to... Yeah, I got to give props
3: to my parents um, yeah. in the, between... The summer of my seventh grade year, they bought me my first drum set. And um, my dad's dad was a phenomenal pedal still guitar player. He played with some big names um, back in the 70s. And – but, you know, I – had some friends that were musicians kind of the same thing with Mill, uh, with a uh, will and uh so i had started asking for it and you know it, it takes a special parent to buy their kid a drum set and uh yeah. so, so definitely i i give them props for uh, you know listening to my early years i'm sure it was amazing uh a lot of noise At least um, it wasn't a trumpet and my neighbors <laughs> don't yeah. get yeah. it yeah, don't, don't buy a, a, no no tubas or trumpets uh but uh no i i definitely give them props and took me some cool places i lucked out um my friends that were into music uh, their parents were actually musicians, and they had had a, uh, a show they'd been doing for years. Um, they, they had traveled around, and they really pushed them at an early age. So um, within a year, I was on stages with them and played with them all through high school um, until I went off to college. And they're still playing. They're actually in Nashville now doing a, a pretty big scene. But, again, I you know delved off and got into different styles and um I think studying different styles of music and playing different styles of music, Uh, me being from Oklahoma, you wouldn't think about it, but there's a really cool blues scene in Renniesville, Oklahoma, which is um, about 20 minutes from Muskogee, where I'm from. Uh, It's actually about two minutes from where Carrie Underwood's from. She's from Chicago, Oklahoma. And uh, so cool blues scene right there, and kind of got hooked up there a little bit later in life, but... Um, you know definitely lucked out having some friends we were doing you know talent shows every weekend doing state fairs balloon festivals I mean anywhere that we could play we were on a stage and um, you know the more you do something the better you get at it and I think those early years just hashing it out and Um, You know, it it takes you, it brings you a long way in your musical career. Right. And so from day one for you, it's been drums. Yeah. I I don't touch anything else. I don't sing. Uh, Everyone's like, oh, you're a duo. You you must sing. You don't want me to sing. I'm going to get him singing (laughs) soon. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, I know that a lot of uh, other
1: artists we've had in here, a lot of times they'll start off with one thing and then end up doing something else. And even Vance, I think he said, he's mentioned before in the show, he started with piano and hated it, right? Yeah. That's correct. And then, yeah, you found drums and your life was. Changed forever. So it's
2: a matter of finding what works best for you, I think. I mean, a lot of people start on different instruments and branch out.
0: Yeah, I didn't ever play bass until... I met my friends and they were like, "Hey, you play guitar? You can play bass. Too. We and need I was a bass like, player." Oh wait, yeah. bass? What? I was like, yeah. Sure. <laughs> That's, That's right. usually yeah. how it starts. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we need a
3: drummer. We need a bass player. And the yeah. irony, you uh, don't have a bass player. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Right. He was scorned those early years. He's I mean, like, like, "I don't. Know. We don't need that. I <laughs> yeah, right. We don't need a bass player." <laughs> uh,
0: I mean, I can't deny that that playing bass early on probably played a factor into the you know the development of this sound that we sure. have now. Too. So I would definitely right, concur. Right. Okay.
1: All right. um, Well, David, do you want to lead us into the next song, Jump Ship?
3: Sure. We are the Swift Drag, and this is our next tune, Jump Ship.
0: Racing could swim I can't count on him No one to help Watch me sing.
1: guys that was jump ship from the Swift drag here on in session at Jack rabbit sound Shack. so this is our last segment for this episode um, I wanted to talk to you guys about the song that we're gonna close things out with called alive that is a newer song how how new is it uh,
3: three with, weeks yeah within the last two weeks <laughs> we Maybe put it on stage well, Maybe, yeah, 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 it, yeah. It, it, it was very very new i uh, come talking black heart earlier uh, uh-huh. we, we did a, a couple of weeks back to back over there and yeah, it debuted uh, both of those last two shows. Mm-hmm. How how uh, how was it received? Well,
0: actually, from, really yeah. well. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because
1: yeah. yeah. I like that one a lot. Um, Vance, I think he's mentioned that it was one of his favorites. Yes, from what it, we it,
2: recorded. Something about it reminded me a little bit like it might have had a Foo Fighters influence or yeah, okay. something. Driving like that, sure. I really like the delay on your voice. Uh, again, just to reiterate, you know, a lot of times I don't like it when vocalists control their own effects. But the way you do it is very tasteful, and it works well for the song. And I'm glad that it's in there. And we decided to go ahead and do that, because we talked about doing it Mm -hmm. after the fact. Sure. um, Yeah, we were talking about your influence and stuff. Uh, this song to me sounds a little different than some of the others. It is, yeah, it is sort of a different. I don't really
0: know where it came from, honestly. It's a little more pop sounding. <laughs> it's a little to more be. pop yeah, sounding yeah. for sure, right? It's definitely structured more, you know, pretty more radio friendly in that in that in that vein for sure. And this is the one that kind of has the um, the organ pedal kind of utilized. Right, right. There, toward there the end is and a, and Yeah, there's yeah. a there's a uh, awesome organ pedal that uh, Electro Harmonix puts out that uh, I'm utilizing. I was going to ask you earlier, how many effects pedals do you actually have? Vocal. 47. <laughs> <laughs> times two. No, uh, there's probably like with the vocal and guitar. There's uh, somewhere around 15, I think. Maybe, okay, gotcha. Like that, yeah. And you haul all of those with your I you do, it's yeah. yeah. I, 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 in vintage suitcases. In yeah. Yeah, <laughs> vintage suitcases, actually. <laughs> yep, yep. Custom-made pedal boards. Right, they yeah. are. Yeah, one of them's custom-made to fit in a old uh, vintage I don't even know what is. it is. like fiberglass suitcase, actually. Oh, I think yeah, it's yeah. Really, you know, So can you take your one. pedals
2: out and then flip the thing around and then use it as a kick pedal?
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> a thing. Wait. <laughs> hold on. Hmm, maybe. Brainstorm. Brainstorm, right, yeah. You got
1: a drummer. You don't need that. <laughs> Have you ever thought about taking one of these suitcases and building, like, the pedal board into it? That way you just, like, open it up and lay Man, it out. There. Yeah,
0: there's, there's, there's all kinds of things out there. I mean, I really would like to re- redo my pedal board in more of a – uh linear fashion right now it's just like i feel like it's like a rat's nest but you know you guys need
2: roadies bad i mean bad yeah yeah. Yeah, if anybody out there's listening and wants to be a a roadie for an awesome band hit these guys up just they need some they need a guitar tech and a drum tech
0: (laughs) yes that would be amazing um so what is the song what is the song alive about um you know initially when i started writing it um it's sort of one of those things where you just sort of write words kind of off the top of your head, and you know, and it it's not till you finish it that it sort of reveals itself, I guess. Okay, yeah. sure. Um, and there, I'll be honest, there were probably like four or five versions of it, okay, different lyrics, and finally right. came to to uh, you know a set of lyrics that I liked, and and it sort of developed itself as. Uh, this adds a completely different perspective of the song after you after you listen to it, and you, for you guys for sure, um, it's sort of almost from like a homeless person's perspective. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And that's something a lot of people write about. Maybe I don't know. I not that I've yeah, it, ever and, but heard. It, like I said, I didn't sit down and be like, I'm going to write this song like about about a homeless, homeless person. about homeless. Go and do some research. Population and become homeless for a while. Right, right. But in it, you know, in it, immersion. It sort, of, it sort of it sort of became a perspective. Um, and maybe it's not necessarily homeless. It could be anything, really. You could apply it to lots of things. Sure, but, I mean, right, yeah. you know, the best that songs the are first... open to interpretation, right? Yeah, and, and, I, and that, all my stuff, I hope, is open to the interpretation. Right.
2: <laughs> well, I want to. I wanted. I would like to go into a little more. And I mean, you said it's the song is about from a homeless, maybe a homeless person's perspective. Um, c- could you maybe elaborate on maybe lyrically what what it what it says in um, the song for people that are listening they're going to hear this song right
0: so. right right um, you know the first uh, i'll start with the first line which is getting weary constantly oversteering life so maybe the person wasn't homeless to begin with um, and the thing there were things that led to this sort of thing uh, you know I, I wish i could think of some other perspective besides the homeless because i know there is i just you oh, know that's okay I mean, we it. can right, right. run with that since right. we already have it established <laughs> totally right yeah, yeah. 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 Um, you know and and then i think the refrain is uh, how do we survive, you know? And so that, yeah. that's applicable to anyone, anyone, everyone, you know? So And how, uh, how long did it take you to write this? Uh, you know, this is one of the ones that came pretty quick. actually. Mm-hmm. So is it? I, I would say like we rehearsed some lines and I had some, what I called earlier, some ghost vocals that, you know, mm-hmm. that didn't really say anything. It was just sort of melody. I was like, man, that's
3: really cool. I was like, you know, so maybe a week. Wow. Max. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm I'm pretty sure from the time he was like, Hey, I'm picking this around and you know, we, we literally ran through it one practice by the end of it, we're like, we like where this is going. Yeah. And it's funny you talk about that, uh I let me just be on record saying I had nothing to do with the lyrics of the song. Okay. <laughs> but uh, a previous band that I was in, we actually had another song that was loosely based on the life of a homeless person, which I don't think I've ever actually even, even told Will this, but uh-huh. uh, it, it was one of our better songs. We actually got contacted by the show Weeds when they were on to see about oh. like, using a clip oh, of it. Wow. wow. Yeah. Right on. That's cool. So that must have been a little while back that you yeah, were with um, that band. Yeah, that was, I was still in Oklahoma at the time, so that was probably 2006,
1: 2007. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any stuff online that the listeners may be able to listen to and kind of get, um, you know, a little the, bit of
3: history? That band was fake, like me was the name oh. of it, and that's the one tattooed on my chest. Oh, okay. um, but gotcha. uh, I, there's probably some stuff still on iTunes on there. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, definitely the the singer in that band, great vocalist, good. I mean, great acoustic picker. A little bit more of a uh, a pop acoustic band. Okay. Um, but he had a really unique voice and unique picking style, and uh, we had some good times. Definitely. Great. I w- I would say that like in the writing process when you come across
0: something that excites you mm-hmm. it sort of spurs you on to like oh yeah let's get this done because that's really cool you know right, yeah, so like, yeah that, that speeds up the process for sure
2: so do you think that your songs come from your own experiences or like for this one it was this a thought that you had about putting yourself out there into someone else's shoes
0: right it, it developed into that sure once the lyrics sort of you know it was like a puzzle in front of me and I had all these kind of lyrics and I was like, well, there's sort of this underlying theme. And I was like, well, what, you know, what if I brought it in this direction, you know, off to left to right and brought this perspective in, you know, and it, it sort of made sense at that point. I'm sure you do have songs that, you
2: know, most songwriters have songs that it's it, it's about their own experiences in life.
0: Right, right. Totally. Yeah. Put yourself in any sort of shoes and have this sort of uh, how do we survive mantra right but we yeah. have
2: we've had songwriters on here that have said you know my songs are not really about anything yeah oh, it's yeah. whatever's in my head at the time Dude, it's all open it's, for that's, interpretation that's totally a thing, so yeah. figure it out right it's, you know a, it's a journey
3: that's uh <laughs> well, i don't know what it means man you can tell me exactly <laughs> yeah no,
0: i mean I, I like writing that way too sometimes it's literally just um I don't do a lot of stream of consciousness sort of writing necessarily, mm-hmm. though sometimes that's a good exercise just when you're like having a hard time writing in general. is just, just write whatever is on top of your head. But right, uh, right. Um, like I said earlier, a lot of my writing stems from a melody first. Okay, Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: it always fascinates me, like good musicians and good songwriters like that, like like Adam Rogers. One of the songs that he played for us on the show is called A Song for Caroline. He told us that he wrote it on stage, just impromptu for a girl who walked into That's the bar. Really great, yeah. And wow. it's one that he's continued to play, and it was mm-hmm. one of my favorite songs from that set. And it's just, um, I, I try to write songs myself, but it takes me a long time to where I'm happy with them. And just because uh, half the time I don't know what I'm going to write about, I'll start with the melody right. and then just. I'll ditch the melody and it'll end up something
3: completely different right. months later. So <laughs> yeah, it happens yeah. to all writers for sure. Yeah, it's amazing to me too because I mean. Uh, our stuff will transform I mean uh, we've got a couple stuff that started out early in the project and I'm always like changing oh. things I'm like mm. oh yeah I've
0: been playing this song this way for three years hey I got this idea let's change it yeah right
3: <laughs> and that's always nice
1: to do live especially because especially if you've recorded it already oh, yeah. right. because then uh, remix a, yeah right an audience <laughs> will know what to expect and they go and see you and then you do something do a little something bit different. different it just keeps right? it interesting sure. for them which yeah, is totally. great
2: and it keeps it interesting for you I mean yeah. you, you know you don't want you gotta change it up to keep it
3: interesting yeah yeah songs get sort of Boring after and,
2: yeah, be motivated right. to play it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah.
3: and it's fun too, since you know, obviously, there are only two of us uh, on a live stage. Will can decide to take off on something and all I got it is following, you right, know, right. Uh, nobody you, to follow me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, as, as long as we take off together, there's not a train wreck, you know? So, right. uh, I mean, it, it is really fun. I mean, yeah. we, we do kind of, obviously, you know, we've got the songs we put out and they've got the outline, but we I gloss mean, over a lot of mistakes that yeah. way. Yeah. But I mean, we, you know, we can, we can take them on a jam session if we want to, you know, and yeah. it's, it's a, just a fun vibe between us.
2: What are your thoughts on guitar solos? Because given the sort of nature of, of how you're, how you're doing this project because you are filling the bass void, right? It's probably pretty difficult to take a lead and still keep that fullness right. of the and, sound. And
0: you know, and I'm, I'm, you're not a by lead nature, guy. I'm not a lead guy. You know, I mean, I like, I love um, melodic lead playing. I'm there, I'm, you know, I'm not really into the kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like I mean, there's some great players out there that do that, and I respect it by all means. But uh, yeah, it's just not stylistically something that i'm into you know well it
3: works our yeah, lead yeah. runs are usually pretty consistent i mean like he said he he definitely like he'll he'll write a melody and you know we rarely take off on a four minute five minute guitar solo no. uh, but it's, it's more, just not gonna happen it's yeah. more riff
2: based than it is right lead. yeah most right. of it's
3: all yeah it's all a lot of a
0: lot of riffs and um you know uh my guitar style is sort of when you're with the duo you got to create some movement right you know you can't just yeah. get up there and Play a guitar and play some chords and be like, "Yeah, this is cool," you know. So, like, right. um, creating a melody, uh, typically for me in the higher range, uh, playing melodies over a droning bass line is a lot of what I do too. Yeah. Okay. An emotional roller coaster, if you will. Yes, <laughs> and I did see a loop station in your in your setup, mm-hmm. but.
2: You didn't really you have you didn't use that today really. No, either. no,
0: I don't. You know, I don't. Uh, a lot of people say, "Oh, do you do loops?" You know, because you're only a duo, y'all run loops. And actually, the only loop that I have is really a time gap filler. It's like an <laughs> intro. Yeah, it's, it's an right. intro into something else. It's an intro into a song, and and I have a uh, it's a song. It's actually going to be on our EP called Red Sun, and uh, it's because I have to tune my guitar million ways and it takes a little bit of time so i have this filler that i sing over this sort of loop and he plays to it and and it sort of blends into
3: the song so it's pretty cool we were talking earlier about you know percussion and things like that and um it's funny to people because i'd use you know brushes mallets shakers and stuff like that but we are a rock band you know so Mm -hmm. that that particular loop that he's talking about you know i'm doing some brush work and some some kind of things that people are like after the show dude were those brushes i'm like yeah they're like I've never seen me play with brushes in a bar Uh, in Austin, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny, yeah, that (laughs) people haven't seen that in Austin. Yeah, Uh, You just mentioned
1: that the song is going going to be on your EP called Red Sun. Mm -hmm. Is that an EP that you guys are already working on before this? Oh, I apologize.
0: The song is called Red Sun. Ah, okay. Sorry, I missed that. So it's coming up on the... No, no, no. You probably said it right. I just misunderstood. (laughs) Yeah, it will be on the... uh, The EP is actually called We Won't Need That. And right. uh, features five songs. One of the first song on the on the EP is called Red Sun. And uh, when is the release show again? Uh, we're doing July fourteenth at the Mohawk uh, down on Red River. Uh, we're playing with uh, a good friend of ours, Jeremy Nail, who's opening the show. Uh, we're second on at ten p.m. and then uh, some great friends of ours, the Sideshow Tragedy, which are uh, also another duo okay. uh, from Austin who are in U- Europe right now touring. Uh, one of our favorite bands, they're playing after us, and then another band called Torino Black. Okay, and do you have any shows between now and then? No, we're taking no. off so we can like okay. build that, you know, that motivation. <laughs> get everybody. Possibly we can get to that. One okay. spot, yeah,
1: wonderful. And currently, where can our listeners find you guys online or wherever?
0: Uh, first point would be uh, theswiftdrag.com. dot uh, com. That's our website, and then we also have a Facebook, as everyone does. Um, backslash Facebook backslash the swift drag. Um, Instagram is. Probably more fun for most people, and we like Instagram, so we're the Swift Drag on Instagram as well.
1: Okay, and I had one
2: more question. Uh, out of these songs, are, are some of these on the EP? I'm guessing. Oh uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. How many of these songs are going to actually be on the EP? So the I listeners,
0: think four of them, right?
2: Well, yeah, four, yeah, possibly
0: four of those songs that we played. So there today. you go. Yeah. Okay. If you
2: like what you heard, right, go to their website and 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 download
0: this, right this totally yeah AP. you can you can download it yeah. from uh, the website initially there will also be um on july 14th it will be released everywhere all the digital platforms itunes spotify bandcamp pretty much anywhere you can download your music from today it'll be there
2: and cool. go see the swift track these guys rock live you,
1: you want to see this Yeah, nice. All right. And Vance, where can our uh, listeners find us if they stumbled onto us by accident or happen to be listening on somebody else's device? www.insessionjrss.com. Okay. You guys can also find us on Facebook. We are on YouTube, although I have to say I have been slacking on the YouTube front. I've got quite a few videos I've got to get uploaded and uh, caught up on. But yes, you can find us on the website. You can find us on YouTube. We've got an Instagram. We've got some other social media, though. We don't Keep up on that as well as we would like. Facebook, I think, is where we kind of keep up the most. So if anybody out there is listening and they're a uh, social media wizard want to help us out for free, um, let us know. And we're working on iTunes. Yes, we are working on iTunes. That's going to be coming up soon. So Sweet. those of you all who listen to podcasts through iTunes, we will be up on there as soon as we can be. Um... That I think is it for the show. I'm going to go ahead
0: and lead us out into the uh, last song. Is there anything else anybody would like to say? No, man. We just want to thank you guys for having us. We really appreciate it, man. Absolutely.
3: And let me just say to all the music- musicians out there, if you're coming through or if you're in Austin, uh you know these guys here at Jackrabbit are great. Uh, awesome studio. Great guys. Great vibe. If you're looking for somewhere to record, you know uh, definitely I would highly recommend coming to check them out. Agreed. Awesome. Thanks for
1: the plug. Thank you guys for being here. Yeah, and I'd like to say thanks for being here too. You guys are. Have been super cool. Um, I can actually see myself getting a beer with you guys, so I might, uh, might do that at some point. Prove it, awesome.
0: Prove <laughs> it. Sweet. Okay.
1: All right. Well, guys, thanks again for listening. This has been episode number twelve with the Swift Drag. Uh, we are going to finish the show out with their newer song. It's only about three weeks old, called "Alive." Here on In Session at Jackrabbit Soundcheck. We will see you guys next time.
0: Yeah, right, I know.